We made this. What is it? Bad memories. Of what? Alexandra's our home. What we have, it's right here. If we live, we live for them. We gotta get through this together. If we die, we die for them. I don't leave anybody behind. Not ever. Do you want to talk about it? We need to start thinking about other options. Alexandria needs us. It's everything we have. So, you're leaving to fight ghosts. Is this a path you don't want to go down? I've done worse. Welcome to Schedule Programming, the official TV podcast from We Made This Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kurt North, and Schedule Programming is a show that takes a closer look at new television, examining the good, the bad, and the ugly of the small screen. In this episode, we are talking about The Walking Dead. Always wanted to, I always do that. I always, <laughs> always do that whenever I watch The Walking Dead. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's the, the advert, it's The Walking Dead. But my guest here is to discuss this with me is none other than Colin Jackson Brown. Colin, how are you doing, mate? Not bad. How are you? Not too bad. It's it's nice to be on something a bit different. It is because we're normally talking about Red Dwarf. We're normally talking <laughs> about Red Dwarf. So um, yeah, so we've taken a sidestep and we're talking about new television. Yes. Um, on the Disney Plus network as well for the uh, for the for all its um, ill-gotten gains. Oh, so um, right, AMC if you're American. AMC if you're American. Oh, yep. so it's yeah. So is it okay? Or if you're they've got downloading it illegally the week before, <laughs> then it's AMC. <laughs> well, yeah, or, or it's um, you know many different versions of of torrents depending on which torrent clients you use. <laughs> but um, let's not let's not talk get into that um, <laughs> area. I watched this on Disney Plus. That's all I'll say. Um, so uh, anyway, yes, we're here to talk about Walking Dead for this week's schedule programming. So um, this is in three parts. This is season 11A, I believe, Colin. It is, um, yeah. You've just told me off offline. Um, so <laughs> that, um, so just just go through this with me. So it, there's three sections. that I haven't been paying that much attention to it, to be honest. So there's okay, three so, sections. So season 11 is the final season of The Walking Dead main show. There's still various other bits of the franchise spinning off all over the place. But, um, yeah, season 11 is where they're wrapping up the main storyline. Um, and because they're doing more uh, episodes than they normally would, and because of COVID, meaning it's a, you know, they've, they've got to record it in different ways than how they would have done previously. They're, they're doing it in three blocks of eight. So, um, yeah, the first block of eight has just, just aired. And then uh, there's... The next one starts in February, I believe, which is how they used to do it with with blocks A and B, but there's a third one. 
um, which will be yeah. a few months after that. Yeah, it always fell around my birthday. My birthday is early February, yeah. so the second part always fell on on my birthday. Um, so what about Walking Dead as a whole then? From from you, how did you come to Walking Dead? So I was trying to think when I. I either started watching the first series as it was being broadcast or or pretty soon afterwards. I think it might have been between series one and series two when I saw the the first series because I was definitely watching series two as it was broadcast each week. Um, Right. Because it's one of the few shows that I make sure I watch as soon as humanly possible to avoid spoilers. I've uh, also read all the comics, so just before the the second series came out, I got the first uh, compendium, which is the really thick collected version of, which there's four of those, I think, all together, but after the second one of those, I was buying them all individually in the um, individual volumes. And this series that they've got to now um, is covering uh, sort of volume 30 to 32, which is the last three. Okay. So, uh, but but quite quite loosely, because there are characters that are dead in the series that are still alive at the end of the comics. There are characters in the uh, the comics that are you know dead. The biggest example is Carol. She dies in the prison. So that would be season two or three. Season season three. That I believe that would have been. So yeah, she dies really early on and is a really very different character because she she's in the the series she's such a she's basically a badass whereas yeah. she's very sort of um weak and easily led character and she's she's essentially a victim in uh, in the comics but yeah bas- basically I've read all the comics watched all the series including Fear the Walking Dead and uh unfortunately The World Beyond which really isn't very good but I'm still watching it all <laughs> um and uh yeah, I've I've not played the games. I I played a little bit of the first Telltale game, um, but not really got into it. Uh, I do intend to at some point, but I I would say I'm still not. I love it, and it's one of my favourite things to watch all the time. But I still have to look up who some of the fucking characters are half the time because there's so many of them. There are right. There's characters that turn up, and you go, "Who the hell's that?" And then I'll look it up, and it's like, "Oh, right, they were in it." Last series just in the background, and yeah, they're suddenly yeah. promoted to a main character now. And well, I think um, I think for me, the Star Trek Discovery, I've always said I still don't know half the characters in Star Trek Discovery. They're not well drawn at all. I'm, you know, I actually quite like Star Trek Discovery as as, as a show, but it's very much a vehicle for um, an ex Walking Dead person, of course. Yeah, you know, in the, yeah, so. Um, so, whose name escapes me right now? Sonica, Sonica Green, Martin Green, isn't it? Son, Sonic Martin it? Green. I, I don't know because yeah. I don't watch any. Uh, so, that was um, Sasha. Uh, yeah, Sasha Williams. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, so, Sonica Martin Green, who's in Star Trek Discovery. Right. So, um, so the fact that, that she went off into, to do Discovery, I was really looking forward to that. I thought, brilliant. You know, Star Trek's one of my favorite shows. Um, Star Trek's coming back, and Sonica's going to be, you know, leading. And that's effectively what Star Trek Discovery is. It's like her and two other characters pretty much right. running the entire show. And you've got this ensemble of other people around the background who are 
very ill written um, or badly written or don't even there's people there standing in the background I still don't know the names to yeah whereas if you look at something like um, you know other shows I mean I was just I actually did think about this for Walking Dead actually because you know you're right but there's people I mean name it off the top of my head you know Maggie Negan Eugene Rosita you know, there's there's a lot of people that I can remember, but you're right, and we'll talk about this in in, in season eleven when we get there um, about certain people going, oh, hang on a second, especially the first two episodes, which we'll talk about. Yeah, um, and I was like, who who is that? <laughs> so, and you have to Google it just to find out. Yeah, because there were ones that um, Maggie had brought back from her other settlement that they assumed yeah. you'd already worked out who they were, and they turned up in one or two episodes of the previous series. In yeah. the middle of a massive battle, so you hadn't really sort of had any time to get to know the characters, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, my my Walking Dead um, kind of journey started. I think I remember getting the Walking Dead um, after after the after it had been on, yeah, um, and I think I caught up by the time we were in the barn. I think in the second season with sec- Sophia, second season, yeah. So I'd caught up. At that point, She's so Sophia, the uh, 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 Carol's daughter, who uh, went missing and was the sort of the MacGuffin of the second season and turned up uh, dead in the barn at the end, is still alive at the end of the comics. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and speaking of the comics, I have read the compendium. So I read the first one. I think I'm in halfway through the second one. Um, so I've definitely got to the prison and I've definitely done bits and bobs here and there, but I've not really think. And one of the things I wanted to say on this podcast is because I normally say on podcast 616, I've read the comics. I've read the Walking Dead comics. Yay! <laughs> well done. So I'm dead. I'm dead chuffed with that. I can say, well, yeah, I've read the comics. I have seen that, you know, the, the eye with Carl and all that kind of thing all kind of kicked off. I, and and they, they are consistently good all the way through as well. It's uh, right. I think they ended it at a good time where they'd been going for absolutely years, but because um, when they did the final issue, it was uh, it was pretty much a surprise. They just put it out and were like, "Yep, that's the last one." Bye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's better than you know it, they could have gone on gone on for decades and decades and completely lost things. I mean, a lot of people feel that the the show, you know, I, I know so many people that have dropped off along the way um, that started out watching the show and uh, didn't like various things where they thought that, you know, they were in the the prison for too long or something like that. And there's a lot of people that didn't, that hated it as soon as Negan turned up. Um, Negan's one of my favourite characters. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's an anti-hero. But yeah, he's, uh, yeah. In, in real life, yeah, you wouldn't want to be anywhere near him. He's... he's uh, you know, a horrific character, but he's very fucking entertaining to watch. Loads of people that have sort of dropped off along the way, but these last few series, um, since uh, Angela Kang has taken over as showrunner, um, she's done from series nine onwards, I think. Um, it's really picked back up again. So if you, you know, if you've if you've been watching bits of it and sort of lapsed, it is worth persevering and going back to it because it does get really fucking good later on. Yeah, continuing that, sorry, because I'm a little bit in between. So it was must-watch TV. I watched the first couple of, see, as I say, up to Sophia, um, stuck with it. It was must-watch TV. It was Monday night, 
and when it went to, I think it went to Monday nights I'm not sure if it was always on Monday but um, it was must watch on Fox on Fox TV here in the UK yeah and every single Monday I'd watch it and then watch Talking Dead afterwards so it was it became that that good for me yeah and around I'd say the seventh or eighth season is when it became stopped becoming must watch yeah and it was more catch up um so it it kind of it kind of waned a little bit i i enjoyed elements I, ezekiel's tiger was just like oh yeah just yeah i mean that that whole thing and when he saves at the end of that season um when he saves carl um and then obviously when um it saves ezekiel as well which was like heart-wrenching yeah. it's the most I, I haven't cried on the tv show for a long time and that was that was the moment Hate animals. I hate animals getting killed. I just hate it. It's fine. It was CGI. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't their CGI deer, though, was it? That was a terrible CGI idea. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I believe that the reason that they killed off um, the tiger at that point was it was too expensive to render as CGI that often. Oh, and, I can totally as shown imagine. by how bad that deer was, because they obviously used a lot less budget for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so and and as I say, coming coming into and the Kang era, um, I I still don't I, I'm still not on must watch TV, but I I am on catch up. I think that definitely around season eight and nine, I was definitely waning. I didn't watch the last season before Kang took over, right? For a long for a long time, it took me a while, and it was like I watched it all in like a couple of nights. I think it was like literally right. I'm just going to blast through this, and it was like all oh, right, okay. Um, but when we get to season eleven, um, you know, and, and and the Kang stuff was great, you know, and, and and that was more of a case of I watched it in chunks. I watch it like sort of three or four weeks, and I watch it in chunks. Yeah, yeah. And I did the same with and I did the same with this season eleven. So um, let's let's start talking about season eleven a little bit. Then um, we'll we'll start with a non spoilery kind of aspect to it. Um, now season eleven for me again, I watched I think the first two episodes as they aired on on the first two Mondays, and yeah. then. The other four or five, or however many there were, um, I've kind of caught up. So I was two or three weeks behind. But that's more to do with work and anything else. So I yeah. think I would have watched it on Mondays. Um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on season 11 then? You, you like Kang. Um, so what do you think her, um, what she's brought to the table for season 11A? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's a pretty good season. Um, I do think that there was there's one particular episode uh, in this series that um, is the best outright horror episode that they have done. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think it's the second best they've ever done, second only to um, season nine, episode eight, which is the one with all the whispers in the fog. Right. Okay. Um, which is an amazing episode. I I, I really like the whisper storyline in the comics, and I thought they did it really fairly faithful in uh, in the show to, to the comics. So I was really excited for that, and that one particular episode was it was it was almost as if it was written by entirely different people because it was so horrific. Even though the whole thing is based in horror because it's zombies. Yeah. Um, there's there's levels of horror though, and and that is, you know, a genuinely horrific um, epi- episode. And one of the episodes this series that really stands out for the same reasons um, was utterly fantastic and if you've if you've not watched it yet um it's worth watching the season for that episode i would say i've enjoyed it i think the horror one is an interesting one which i'm sure we'll talk about in a bit more detail once once we get there um 
you know, and we're not going to go episode by episode. We're just generally going to talk about the, the show as a, as a thing. But uh, I, I, I like that. I like the stuff that they've put in at the beginning and the first third of the season, um, the, the way that they've uh, they've used characters who have been with us for for some time. And I thought that was that was good. And um, it, I, I would say there's a potential. We have a new potential kind of nemesis or new. Um, which I don't think we're involved in the comics, but we'll talk about that yeah, shortly they... in the spoiler review. Um, that do do I feel that they've they were a bit hit and miss potentially? Yeah. Could have done more, I think potentially. Um, and um, yeah, and I think they, they've used they've utilized COVID quite interestingly. I think the the episodes running up to this season, the individual ones like the Negan backstory and. Yeah, uh, you know, princess when she's in uh, the Commonwealth stuff, I thought was was good. Um, so that I think they've utilised some of that and had had a, a nice line through it, um, which again we'll talk about uh, characters reappearing and all that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's overall, I've I've really really enjoyed the season. I think there's been um, really good directional aspects to it. I yeah. think um, it's an interesting links into uh, what's come before. And also, like, quite a, a very wide dichotomy between certain elements as well, which I thought was 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 interesting for for Walking Dead. So, yeah, I think overall it's been it's been good. Um, I don't know whether or not we should rate it out, and I don't think I personally would. But um, do you think it's up there with one of your favourite seasons of the show? Let's put it that way. I would. So there's been eleven eleven seasons. Uh so it's it's a tricky one. I, I would maybe rate it about of the eleven. I'd I'd probably put it somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, maybe just above the middle. So you know, maybe we'll go six six and a half out of ten, something like that. Okay. Yeah, six yeah. and a half, seven ish. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one. I was thinking this as well that Walking Dead seems to it's a moving beast in that it's kind of like you know it's move with the times. You know, I, I mean, yes, there is there is that. The argument with oh well they're in a prison now oh well they're in the governor's bit now oh now we're here now yeah oh this is another there's another person coming to get us kind of thing um and I, and I, I and I agree with that but there has been the different takes and the different kind of modes that they've changed with the you know the showrunners especially that they've moved from one showrunner to another and and the style and the view and the look and stuff like that has worked yeah there are there's there's like formulas that they that they stick to. Uh, I mean, yeah. particularly there's a um I was I was looking on the Walking Dead uh, subreddit earlier on today and there oh, was right, a, okay. a post from um a couple of weeks ago on there where somebody's done like a an infographic kind of um picture where it's got every Walking Dead villain group ever and it's got a <laughs> big bad boss where it's got a picture of the governor Negan uh, Alpha and then uh, Pope from the new series, right. mean lieutenant, and they've you know they've each got a mean lieutenant, morally conflicted henchman, and someone undercover from the main group, and it's really obvious when it's pointed out that yeah they've <laughs> they've stuck to, they've they've got a framework and it works yeah but the Ramones had a framework and well, uh, you know <laughs> ACDC have a framework. That doesn't mean it's bad. ACDC and the Ramones are amazing, and I really enjoy The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm going to get this on the Walking Dead podcast, but yeah, The Edge has a framework in delay. 
So, <laughs> he does. You know, he does. He has not a very good... Not an eighth delay, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think um, I think we've we've done enough like hedging around it. So, should we should we talk uh, about the show in a bit more spoilery with, and, and with more spoilers. detail? So, uh, yeah, if you're listening now and you haven't watched it, it's on you, Mark. Um, okay. <laughs> well, let's let's do this. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Mark. Mark Adams was supposed to be with us today, but he hasn't managed to watch the show. So <laughs> that's kind of a bit of a problem. Uh, Mark Adams is is on the podcast network and he's with us on Shipwrecked and Comatose Red Dwarf podcast. So yes, okay, thanks, Mark. See you later. <laughs> okay, so I think the best thing to do for for me, especially you, you've obviously been on the Reddit and stuff like that. I've written on the back of a piece of paper <laughs> <laughs> because I've had no time this week. So I've uh, I, I'm I'm just going to wing it like I normally do. Got a gun approach. <laughs> yeah, it's got a good approach. But I think some of the themes, some of the stuff that's happened, I think the obvious thing to maybe start with is is Maggie and Negan. They've had a very interesting uh, relationship yeah. right through. And what I find really fascinating with um, 11A is that they've painted Maggie into a bit of a corner and get, tried to give more empathy towards Negan. Yeah. Uh, and I've switched that right towards the end of the show. But... They've done a very common sense approach with Negan. Negan's kind of like just being him. He's saying all the right things, especially the first two part episode. He's yeah. saying all the right things, but nobody wants to be with him because of what he's done in the past. I don't think they handled it well, um, okay. in uh, particularly in the first episode. You've got the the group that are going off to try and get some food, um, so they're going going down into the the Washington D.C. tunnels. You've got. Um, it's like Maggie, Daryl, Alden, some of Maggie's mates from her um, previous place where she'd gone off to for years while she wasn't actually in the show. Negan and Gabriel, basically. And the characters that have interacted sort of all right with Negan over the last few series all seem to have turned up their anger to, like, 11. I thought it was jarring uh, how venomous they were being with him. It's totally justifiable and totally understandable that they would have that attitude, but they should have been like that previously, and it seemed um, inconsistent. And is it is it inconsistent or devil's advocate? Is it because Maggie's in the room? It didn't seem that they were acting it up because she was there to me. It seemed like they were like, "No, we fucking hate you. You're a bell end. Um, you know, you, we don't trust you. We don't want to be there with you." Despite the fact that. Yeah, he was, they'd all have been dead if it wasn't for him because he had, he, he's a survivalist. He knows, you know, what he's doing and he, he kept mm. them alive. All it seemed to do was it was just telegraphing the fact that there was going to be some kind of massive plot point between Negan and Maggie. And at the end of the episode, there was because there was the, the bit where they're escaping from the walkers, they're all running, they're having to get, they're down in the Washington, D.C. tube tunnels, which I know very well from Fallout 3, and uh, <laughs> they all have to climb up on this this uh, train carriage, and just as they're getting there, Negan gets up for, uh, before Maggie does, everyone else is already on there, she's at the back of the uh, the queue to get there, and she slips, and Negan has this chance to help her, 
what you would expect to happen would be Negan's going to help her and it will be part of his sort of redemption arc. But what actually happens is he's like, no, you've all been fucking twats to me today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to fucking leave you there. And just as far as he's concerned, she's going to get killed by walkers there and then. But he justifies that and it, you can't really argue with it. She's been saying the whole time that, you know, sooner or later, I am going to kill you. So it's, like I said, he's a survivalist. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, sort of the episodes as as it goes on, I mean, towards the back end of the season when he, he actually does turn around and say, I, I I made a mistake. I should have killed you all. Yeah. You know, it, 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 yeah, it, I wouldn't say it felt flat, but it just didn't really land where I think they wanted it to yeah. land for me. It didn't, it was like, well, yeah, we've had this two in the throw between Maggie and, and Negan. How is that ever going to resolve itself? I do like the aspects of Maggie when she's saying, like, I don't know if I can keep up my end of the bargain. Yeah. Yeah. I say, I understand that. I understand that, you know, she's saying, well, I've made this deal with the devil, pretty much. That's what she's basically saying. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the fact that, you know, this is the deal, you know, we're, we're here to help each other. Let's get through it. Um, and then she's saying, I don't know. And I think there's a, there's a good element to that. Um, you're right. Some of the, the trailers were kind of alluding to the fact that there's going to be this massive Maggie Negan kind of aspect and how they're going to get on together. And I didn't watch it. I, I never watch trailers if I can help it. I at the end right. of the episode, as soon as it starts going next week on The Walking Dead, I switch it off because yeah. I don't because yeah. they they do have a habit of spoiling things. Um, I believe from some of the things that I read on uh, Reddit that the next. Uh, part of the season they did a trailer for right after the episode which showed some people had survived that were in the cliffhanger of i wonder if they'll survive and it you know showed them it within 30 seconds of the the credits ending it's not like when mold ends up on the bottom of a train car you don't know for 18 months whether or not exactly. he's gonna survive exactly yeah. well <laughs> we've got the internet now <laughs> we didn't have then <laughs> so, so so there's there is an element of, of of that with maggie and negan i mean there was there's this Scenes, the conversations that they have, which, you know, whether or not Negan is right, do, do we just leave them? Do we just have, you know, there was that moment in the in the house, wasn't there, where they said, we'll meet, we're waiting for everyone to arrive. And Negan was saying, look, we've got to get the food back to whatever little we've taken. And what do you think of those debates between Negan and, and Maggie and, and how they, they interacted post the, you know, the Acheron stuff? You know, after, after that episode, it improved. Um, it was just the sort of heavy-handedness right at the start of the series. It was so jarring from from how it was previously. Um, I think they did do a fairly good job of exploring the relationship between the two of them. It's really difficult to see how they are going to resolve it if both of them survive. I suspect that they possibly won't both survive. I don't. Th- I think that later on in part B or C of the season. I think Negan will die in some kind of heroic sacrifice. It's really fucking predictable if that is what happens, and I'll be a little bit disappointed, but I really wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he's going to die in the uh, the courtyard in the cliffhanger of what's just you know just happened at the end of the last episode because uh, they've got a red shirt there, and he's going to be the one that dies. I think the the final episode cliffhanger. I actually. The whole season, as we said, with with um, with the way they were having to film it from COVID, all of the everyone was split up into groups, so there were sort of three different threads 
yeah. running through the season. So you've got the, the group with uh, Maggie and Negan and that lot fighting against the Reapers, um, which the Reapers were the group that, uh, while Maggie was off screen for a couple of seasons, she was living in a uh, a settlement somewhere else. The Reapers were the group that came and attacked that settlement, took it over, um, stole all their food, and uh, that's why she had to retreat back to the hilltop, turned up just in time to help fight against the Whisperers. The problem that I had with the Reapers was, or uh, the first couple of episodes, I was I wasn't I was a bit confused about what was happening. What was like, what, what, why are we looking for food again? Because I, I hadn't, you know, I was like, what, where are we? Why are we in Subway? Why are we doing this? <laughs> well, um, if you if you want some food, sometimes you do go to Subway. Yeah, um, well, that's to, true. You know, that's true. Meatball marinara sub and all that. But but let's, but yeah, but let's let's talk about that then. Let's talk about the the, the three aspects of it because. You've got um, the, the the thing for me that that stand that seems to stand out is that you've got the Commonwealth who have got everything and yeah. they've got uh you know they've got the you know the the structure they've got you know rites of passage to get through got... they are a uh, an organisation of I believe it's about fifty thousand or it might even be five hundred thousand uh, people uh, in the Commonwealth so they they are a a big civilization um and they've they've set up governments and and that kind of thing and they that's the main that's going to be the main thing for this season i think they're going to wrap the reapers up within one or two episodes in the next bit um that's the only bit that's um come from the comics uh so the yeah. the other bits aren't so the reapers aren't in the comics at all and uh the other bit which is the people staying back at alexandria um, and there've been lots of storms and um, walkers uh, breaking through the walls and that kind of thing. Doesn't happen so much in the comics at that point. They've they've worked out how to fix the walls a lot better than they seemingly have in uh, in in the, the series. Yeah. But yeah, the, but so- yeah, but but that's that's what I was what I was getting at though. Because the Commonwealth, obviously, you've got the money, you've got the wealth, you've got the food, you've got everything you need. You've got the people who are out in like the subway and like the look at you know the houses they they were trying to find some food everyone seems yeah. he's looking for the for the food for the alexandrians who are at home so it's like that dichotomy of like you know the rich and the poor kind of you know blade runner-esque in some ways that you've got this dichotomy of two separate civilizations that and then you've got the reapers who are kind of like just who, you know seem seem like a throwaway that's what i mean by early yeah. at the beginning it felt like okay we, we wrapped that up in 11a that was kind of like all right. Well, while we're setting up Commonwealth, let's just have something else there. That's, and that's it. what I felt with. That's what I felt yeah. with the, with the Reapers. Yeah. So that you've got um, this this food stash that they're trying to get to, because um, Alexandria has got less than a week's um, food supply left. This whole um, section of the season, I, I checked online on the timeline. There's a quite a good um, on the Walking Dead wiki. There's a, a timeline of exactly how many days since the um zombie apocalypse started um everything takes place and this is um it's over a uh, it's like five day period it might be six days this entire um, right series block so yeah they they've gone out to try and find food they've got to try and get it back from the reapers have, have got it all in their cupboard which is quite fantastically labeled food store 
<laughs> which was really useful. How are they going to find it otherwise? Yeah. Oh, food store. Brilliant, that'll do. I strongly suspect that it either won't be in there when they, you know, finally kill off the Reapers and, and get to the food. I think that the Alexandrians are all going to have to just give up with Alexandria and move to the Commonwealth. Um, yeah, no, I, I felt I felt that. I definitely felt that. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the talk about Reapers in a second. So, so as a, as as a story, then as you say, with the fact that it's five or six days that food is dwindling, I didn't even really realize until the finale. I was like, oh, they're going for food, right? Okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. I just thought they were just, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know if it was just, was I was I the walking dead at that point? I've just been watching the episode. Um, I think I was more fascinated with diff- different parts of it. I mean, I did like, I really liked the um, the stuff with with um, Daryl and, and the Reapers and the Pope stuff. I actually thought yeah. it was interesting. But the overall story of, like, what they are and why we're talking about them, I didn't, I didn't really catch on. But um, so they're they're basically ex soldiers, so they've got all their sort of. Uh, I think they were special ops soldiers, so they're, you know, like elite, best of the best. Uh, they would, uh, they were. I think the the backstory said they were in Afghanistan, um, before the uh, the outbreak, and then they'd just come home, and then zombies turned up. They've, you know, they're they're very they're not a massive group, um. It's it's a bit vague how many there is, and there seem to be more and more of them appearing in the final episode that hadn't been there for the rest of the series. <laughs> um, I think I I gathered that there was probably I reckon there's about thirty of them altogether, but they are particularly skillful, so they are, yeah. you know that that's how they're surviving with being such a small group. Well, what did you think? So, so just to, if we put this out there, then that. The the way that they did with Commonwealth, so like you've got Eugene, and we'll talk about them in a bigger section. But yeah, yeah. The just the general concept um, way that that Eugene Princess and Ezekiel had to go through the motions to get through to the Commonwealth, but you've got um, Daryl doing the same thing. So Daryl's doing it's like it's mirroring, isn't it? A little bit. It, it mirrored the, the episode quite a, quite a lot. Where there was like, like a in, moment where initiation sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we had that initiation, which we'll talk about in a second. But we had that initiation. There's other things that mirrored as well. There was like, um, which we'll talk about for sure, the horror episode where you've got Connie and Virgil in a house and you get a lot of quiet place aspects of like you can't hear stuff because you're in Connie's mind. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. But on the flip side, I think I saw in Dan- uh, Den of Geek where one of the reviewers was like, then you've got, Daryl, who's then having to make a noise for the people who are being quiet downstairs, and it's almost like a role reversal yeah. in that episode. But the initiation ritual that that Daryl has to go through, that stuff that he has to do, very twenty four esque in in some ways. You know, the fact that he has to watch the torture and things like that. Yeah. Um. And then obviously you've got Eugene and the Commonwealth and, and all that, which is a separate issue, which mirrored. But what did you make to the Daryl infiltration element of this season? Yeah, it, it was it was good. Um, I thought because obviously Daryl had got the uh, the previous relationship with with Leah because there was a an, an earlier episode where I think it was only one episode that she was in previously, um, where he had gone wandering off, found this woman um, in living in a, a shack in the forest somewhere, 
who'd got a dog, uh, he ended up looking after the dog because that's where dog came from. Yeah, it, it, it basically it was like Daryl's got a girlfriend for a bit, but then they went their separate ways. Uh, the first bit where the Reapers are all attacking him in the forest did look a little bit like a Slipknot concert. Um, <laughs> well, they've all got different different masks on. Um, you know, a few more knives than uh, you'd hope that there would be at a Slipknot concert. There's not usually that many people getting stabbed, uh, but sometimes quite a good mosh pit. Obviously, she got the mask on, but then Dog goes over to her, and he's like, the fuck are you doing, Dog? And Dog's like, it's Leah, isn't it? It's like, oh, right, cool. <laughs> so he goes off with her and, and tries to make out that while he travelled with Maggie for a day or two, he doesn't really know her, and then tried to sort of infiltrate the group that way. I had to get into some pretty... I mean, it, it wasn't just um, that he was watching the torture. He was participating in it. Yeah, like he he cut that other dude's finger off. It, but it was interesting as well because that other dude, whoever he may well be, do we know him before? Do we, have we seen him in he, backstory? Uh, that was Frost. He was one of Maggie's mates um, that she'd been in this other settlement uh, with. Okay, was it on e- was it on Easy Street? Uh, no, no, that was uh, <laughs> no, that was that was series before series before. You know what I mean? That was ages ago. I know it was, but I just I just needed to get it in I, I, because this is you know we might be talking about B and C, but I need to get all the stuff that's been bottled up inside me out. <laughs> so you know if we're on Easy Street, you know which I absolutely I, I literally did play that song eighteen hours a day. And it wasn't torture to me. <laughs> I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that song. Just was to everybody else that was in the room with you. It was, yeah. yeah. Especially when we have a half who doesn't watch it and then all she heard was, what are you putting that on for? I was like, yeah, it's kind of like a torture technique. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I mean, you've got the waterboarding, you've got stuff that he's had to do. Very Jack Bauer-esque, but obviously, but it did feel to me that Frost, the way that Frost was played, it was like, I know you have to do this as yeah. well. And I think that's the difference to 24 on this is that the torture scene in this was like, You've got to do what you've got to do. I, I I get where you are, and it was such a interest. I thought that was really interesting. Those moments that Daryl had to do to infiltrate that group. Yeah, it, I I didn't really think of it of it that much. Yeah, because because he's such a Frost was such a red shirt that he, he he was a completely generic character that I had no you know feelings connection for in any way, no yeah. connection. So it was just like he was just. He was it, torture fodder, is what he was there for. But thinking about it, in if you were in his situation, it'd be really hard not to go. He's one of us. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, let the rest of them know very, very easily, uh, so that you know, spread spread the torture a bit. Because <laughs> it because even, even when he went past him, he could have easily have gone like that. Oh, oh Daryl's here, you know, and yeah. you know could have spoiled it. And it just felt like there was a bit of unease there that were kind of like, is that going to get released? Are we going to find that information? Oh, you're right, Darren. How's it going? Yeah. 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 <laughs> do you know what they're going to do? Because other TV shows would, wouldn't they? They'd go, yeah. But Darren, Darren, how are we going to get out of here? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And he was just very kind of like straight laced, understood where he was and what he needed to do. Um, and then obviously, you know, you get the scenes like you say where he had to cut the finger off and he just looked at him and and I thought that was that was interestingly and well done. It it kind of gives you that kind of well, they'll do anything to protect themselves. And if Frost knows that 
Daryl seems to be infiltrating the group for the greater good of them, yeah. then it puts his character in a new light, really, doesn't it? The greater good. The greater good. The greater <laughs> good. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Pope then, Pope and Leah, because that's an interesting... You talk about them being... Ex- you know, because you're right, Leah came in on season 10 with the whole COVID individual episodes, yeah, yeah. wasn't she? So that's where she came from. A uh, very good episode. I enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it was um, quite a lot. Uh, I liked all. I pretty much liked all of the COVID ones. Um, yeah, so it's almost like an anthology series, which they are going to do as one of the spin-offs later on. There's going to be, I think it's called Stories from the Walking Dead or something like that. Right. The, one of the other uh, things that they've announced that they're going to do is uh, Daryl and Carol having their own spin-off series. Which kind of lets you know that he's going to survive the uh, attack in the courtyard at the end. <laughs> Unless it's a prequel, you never. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, so I mean, Pope, Pope as a, as a leader, you know, we've talked, you've talked about this earlier in the episode. There's like a um, where where should we put them in this in the in this like guess who of like, oh, we'll put him at the top and we'll put the lieutenant in and we'll put this person in. Um, so he's very stock. But what do you make to his belief system? And, you know, he is he is coming from Afghanistan, like you say. So yeah. is there an element of that that's kind of like included into his character? Um, brand new character as well. So Yeah, I think that's mostly the training is the, the soldier side of thing. Um, the, the religious side of things, I think, Every now and again, you need a religious nutter in a horror series. <laughs> That's pretty much the best description I can think of for him, because he's, uh, you know, quoting the Bible and then uh, chucking somebody in a bonfire and things like that. Quite Old Testament rather than... <laughs> and just a little bit. What was what was interesting, actually, before we get into a bit more Pope, is um, that set up what we had with Father Gabriel. There was that that yeah. scene where they were like he was outside the compound and we heard um, someone preaching and um, Father Gabriel was stood there and there was some really good um, you know blocked shots in in that where Father Gabriel was like behind the bushes and stuff. I thought that was really good. I I, I did wonder if at one point they were going to go up to each other and do like a secret priest hang, handshake. And it'd be <laughs> yeah. like I call it like like the the Freemasons, but um, yeah, there was a lot of tension in that scene. Um, mm. And and that would probably have broken it. So best not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, father, are you talking to me? Because I think obviously as well, there is. I felt I don't know about you, but I felt that the way because he was saying father, that you're thinking, is he talking to Gabriel? Does yeah. he know he's there? There was there was an element of that which I thought was yeah. genius. Actually, I thought it worked really well. The the other thing, I th- main thing I think about Pope is. He looks like an evil version of one of my friend's dads. <laughs> <laughs> fair news, fair news. But there is this this religious thing. I mean, it's, as well, it's like, so their group, the Reapers as a group, are heavily well-trained, like you've said, the you know, yeah. SAS or, you know, whatever the uh, Navy SEALs or whatever they yeah, may yeah. well have been, you know, at the time, depending on which country you're from. Um, little of which Leah is, is a part of them. Um so the the tight knit group they they do have that mantra don't know if they you know once once you're together you're together so that they've got that natural like they'll do anything for each other yeah. but to bring in that religious as you say the zealot kind of as, aspect to the to the episode to the episodes and the reapers themselves and to bring pope in and to do that old testament stuff of like 
showcasing that Daryl's in danger. That's the only reason why it's yeah, yeah. done really is to show that the fact that, you know, Daryl's on the edge of like being one discovered, two not being discovered or, or even potentially taken over. And there's a scene as well, isn't there? That's like um, in one of the warehouses where I think Daryl gets sent on an away mission or something like that. I can't remember exactly what happened, but, um, and Daryl gets sent away and it's like, all right, it's going to be interesting to see where this lands. So, but the fact that Pope is getting to this point that that people are seeing that he's he's, he's unraveling, you know, the, the, there's definitely yeah. an unraveling happening, and they're still sticking with him. And I found that that was interesting that they didn't really delve into that a bit more than what they did, apart from just the the end where Leah obviously decides, you know, enough is enough. I'll take the lead. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's it. It's, it's he's they've been going on the whole thing about um, family and. Uh, you know how nothing's more important than than looking after their family and each other, and then he, I mean, he's already thrown one of them in a bonfire at some point, and then he's been perfectly happy to sacrifice one of the other guys to the Walkers earlier on in uh, the previous episode, and then he's perfectly willing to fire the Huacha, uh, which is an excellent weapon. Uh, it's just basically a firework display. Yeah, um, do you get that in Fallout Three? Uh, it might be <laughs> one of the DLCs, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's perfectly willing to fire that into the courtyard where a lot of their their family are, and she's like, "I'm not going to let you do that." So she kills him and then blames it on uh, Daryl. I mean, it's the it's the Batman thing, isn't it? It's Christopher Nolan's Batman, um, The Dark Knight, isn't it? It's like, put it on me, put it on me. And then, <laughs> Which uh, Pope was in that film? The actor was he? Yeah, I was. I was trying to look it up because it uh, it was really bugging me um, where I recognised him from, other than my friend's dad. And <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. He played um, the uh, Chechen uh, drug lord. Oh in, right, okay. Uh, in Dark Knight, and that was eleven years ago. He's aged a fuck of a lot in that eleven years. <laughs> he looks about thirty years older than he did mm. then. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm don't get me wrong. I, there's, there's, it's not the same, but it it feels like that kind of aspect of like, right, okay, well, I'm gonna let you get away because I do have feelings for you, but at the same time, it's like I'm looking after my family you know, move on kind of thing. Whereas the Dark Knight, obviously, he's saying, you know, you can blame me. I can I yeah. can be the person you need me to be, uh, not the person, you know. So um, so I found that that was thing. And obviously, the you know, we'll send the wolves after you. You know, the wolves don't appear in this episode, in this episode though, do they? Uh, well, they, they did surprisingly in one of them, but it was a dream. <laughs> but yeah, so Leah taking over, I mean, do you think that, as you said with B and C, do you think it's going to be quite fast lived that one? I yeah, I I I suspect that it will be halfway through the next block uh, that they will have completely dispatched the uh, the Reapers, and it will mm. be concentrate because there's not only the Commonwealth, there's also the um, is it CCM, uh, which is the organisation with the the three circles logo. Um, who've got the helicopters and have taken Rick away? Right. They they've got to surely they've got to appear at some point. Right. Yeah. Um, 
and they've they've got what twelve episodes left of yeah. of the whole thing, so they're going to have to get them in there at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's two scenarios I can think of: either the Commonwealth and the CCM are connected, or there's a conflict between the two of them. Oh yeah, I mean you could say that potentially because obviously it, it like you said with the comics they're not attached to the comics they use the themes or they use yeah. things that happen to one character and don't happen to another yeah the, um, the, or, the, the ccm so. aren't in the comics at all yeah um rick's in it till the final issue um and he's in the commonwealth well t- talking of, talking of rick um judith judith in this season uh, this part of the season has uh, a few moments. One with Rosita. Um, Rosita is one of my favorite characters. I am Team Rosita, by the way, just so you're aware. <laughs> and when she goes outside, and yeah, that was that was that was R- something else. Rosita's berserker moment. Yeah, I absolutely adore that. I was like, yes, because I think she's underserved in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, that that would in an earlier series that would have been Rick, but she's she yeah. took that role on really really well. She did. She did. Yeah. Um. Um. I think if if people go back through my Twitter feed, they might see that I have a fascinating. Again, I I tend to, to attach myself to certain women, in certain <laughs> TV shows, and uh, Rosita is is my is my uh, my go to in in Walking Dead. Um. But yeah, she 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 does go goes full samurai. But yeah. um. No. I'm I'm and we look talking about Judith. I mean, Judith goes through a, a range of emotions. You get Rosita at the on the porch. You've got um. Judith trying to like help the other children in like sort of learn, getting them learn on all the the water scenes in in the basement. Uh, you get the quite emotional scenes with her, um, and hey. you also get the, some of the touch the touchstones of like Rick and Michonne as well because you know these are things especially Walking Dead that, and I think it goes to what you were saying before about certain characters that you forget in some ways. Like Judith's just been there and she's been there for quite some time now, yeah. so it's like fact that you know that. Not a lot of time passes. It's a bit like what Lost did. Lost had like a full season, and only like four days would pass. And yeah, you're like, yeah. well, I mean, that's 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 an over exaggeration, but that's kind of what Walking Dead does. It, like you say, it happens over five or six days. So, um, what do you think to Judith in 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 the episode in the episodes that she appears in in this one? Because it is touching upon that. I think she's really good. I, I I've I don't know if it's because I've got a young daughter myself. I think that she's she's a brilliant character, and uh, the actor that plays her, whose name I have absolutely no fucking idea about. No, um, and she was in Loki. She was in Loki recently. Yes, she was. She's fucking brilliant. She's yeah. really, really good. She portrays the character brilliantly, and um, I mean, obviously, she is. Um, she's taken on what Carl did in the comics, because. Yeah. Uh, Judith dies in the prison with her mum in uh, in the comics. Um, they both get shot by the governor. Um, right. So right. that's when she's a baby. So she she doesn't become this character in in the comics at all. She's uh, it's a, you know purely a um, a TV thing, and and she's great. Um, I think she's supposed to be like eight or nine years old, and the the kind of yeah, because I think the time jump was six. Was it six years? The time jump think so there's some some of the older kids are playing with some walkers through a hole in the fence and she yeah. comes over because she's knows what the stakes are and they're they're getting really complacent she comes over and basically has a go at them 
and they just completely bully her back. They smash mm. up um, the thing that's got her brother's handprints and stuff on it that's, you know, her dead brother's handprints is a thing from when he was alive that uh, obviously means a lot to her. Yeah. And uh, I think she, she plays it really, really well. And uh, mm. uh, Kaylee Fleming, Kay- Fleming is the actress that, that's that we're her. talking about. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I suspect that the um, the final episode will end with her in the future. Yeah, she looks badass with uh, a dad's sheriff hat and uh, Michonne's sword. <laughs> it is very, it, that is very comic booky, isn't yeah. it? The fact that she's got them. Um, yeah, and I, I just thought that the, I think she's she's had quite a bit to do in in just small chunks as well. It hasn't been yeah like overly wrought with stuff. It's just been those moments of, I'd say, Rosita on the porch, that you've got the, the water scene in the basement, you've got that scene against the wall uh you know and you've got some like really moving mo- mo- moments but also some action pieces for her as well so i thought that that um that she she worked really well in that now going back to my piece of paper um <laughs> it's um the one thing i just wanted to mention just going back to uh so let's say the, the end scene with the reapers yeah um and you talked about the arrows and the, what was it called again the hawk the hawacha the hawacha um there was an interesting take on what they've learned from the whisperers because there's the whisperers scene which the reapers don't know and i quite like the fact that we knew that and what they were doing yeah and we're on the other side of the fence with that literally the other side of the fence with that yeah um that we knew what they were doing but also maggie's having to learn how to do it i thought that was that was an interesting thing with negan i know that culminated in negan's story where he says, you know, the fact that, um, you know, he should have killed them all, but um, but bringing the the learnings from the whispers, I thought was was intriguing. Well, that that's it. They were a, a bunch of complete psychos, but there's stuff you can learn from complete psychos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, you know, it's a useful survival technique. And it's, I was going to say it's less gross than covering yourself in uh, the the zombie guts that they've uh, done sporadically but i'm not sure if it is because you're wearing but someone in someone's else's else face, face. Mm. yeah i mean it's and not it's, 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 negan said something like don't do it on someone you like or something he said something like that didn't he <laughs> yeah i think so yeah I, I've, <laughs> I've not memorized that bit but yeah um, yeah there was, there was something along those lines of like make sure you chose to choose the right face or you know something like that so yeah you have to you have to get someone that's slightly bigger than you so that it, it fits properly that's that's yeah. what I've always had to do anyway, whenever yeah. I've uh, worn the skin of someone else's face, which has only been a couple of times. Yeah, and she definitely needed it tightened up because you know she was falling over, over all over the place. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the horror episode. Yes. So, um, what was that episode called? Now it was um, uh, on the inside. Yes. So, so what? As, as I said, what um, I think I read it on Den of Geek, were alluding to is that you've got this kind of horror episode in itself, but the dichotomy between Daryl being, uh, you know, being quite noisy, and and the the rest of our group, Alexander, yeah. is having to be quiet underneath, and yeah, so the so the problem Daryl has gone off with um, Leah and some of the other Reapers to try and find where um, where Maggie 
and that lot and Maggie and Negan and that were hiding and it was in this house that they were in sort of in the basement so yeah um Daryl's having to sort of uh bluff that he's searching everywhere while he's signaling to them that he knows they're there and he's gonna mm. you know try and misdirect them which he does quite successfully uh amazingly because <laughs> that trapdoor was not difficult to spot no no <laughs> absolutely not i mean what i particularly like about this episode is that you know, you might get on other TV shows. I'm thinking about the the the, uh, the episode in Stranger Things where they go off into a completely different city and it's completely oh, yeah. separate. Um, or bottle you know, episode. Yeah, like like <laughs> the bottle episode. There's some great great episodes. Leftovers. I've recently watched Leftovers, and there's the uh, International Assassin, which is an incredible piece of television. And, you know, I'm so glad I've watched that episode. But sometimes people can be a bit like, "Oh, it's that episode where they go off and do this." What I feel quite Thing about this episode, it was completely you know, the left field and bizarre. Um, as you get to the final third of act of or the fifth act, yeah. depending on how you view television acts, um, <laughs> with everything that was happening, but it felt like it fit, it didn't like it didn't feel out of place. It felt like the story was continuing, but it was just a real left field thing happening. Well, you got a bit of foreshadowing earlier on in the series because Maggie told a story about how she'd found these, um feral people in the woods um in a house and they she'd gone round and there were like um women that they'd uh basically captured tortured and uh impregnated and then uh so that there was a bit in that story where it's confirmed that uh unborn babies in the womb can become zombies right okay uh but yeah, so she's it. It was almost a bit of a throwaway thing, her saying that, and then a few episodes later, that house is clearly what they've they've stumbled across. It was it's an amazing episode, but you've got to sort of suspend your disbelief a bit because <laughs> just a little bit. This yeah. this um, feral family, they're like full on um, last house on the left, um, Texas Chainsaw Mask sort of level of uh, of feral yet can still uh, operate things to set traps that, like, move walls and things like that in a house. Yeah. Which you'd, you'd expect that you'd need sort of Eugene-level intelligence to rig all that kind of thing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the the uh, the fact that it's, I mean, it's the return of, of Connie, who has been away since the uh, storyline where there was a, a cave-in in the Whisperer's Cave, where you thought she was gone. Then mm. earlier in the series, um, some whispers said they'd seen her. So uh, people went to look for her. And then um, she somehow met up with, with Virgil, who was a guy that I had forgotten about. I was like, who's this guy? And then looked it yeah, up and was like, he, oh, he, right, he's the guy that Michonne met. It was a bit yeah, crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, he was the one I remembered most. I was like, I actually remember who he is. But I think my thing with Virgil was... Hang on a second. Where did we leave him? Yeah, that, that was more. That was more my thing. It was like, right, okay. Why is he with Connie? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was that kind of aspect more than anything else for me. I I think what had happened is Michonne had told him where Alexandria was, and he was heading back to it. She was also heading back to it, and they met up on the way. But that's not mentioned. That's just me guessing yeah. that head, that's... head cannoning. Yeah. 
So, uh, but yeah, obviously, um, Connie is deaf. So she communicates in sign language, which Virgil doesn't know. So there was a bit um, where um, Kelly, Connie's sister, finds um, a notebook in the woods where they've been communicating using that, but they've obviously had to flee there and left the notebook behind. So when they're in this creepy haunted house with uh, crazy feral dudes all over the place, um, they're trying to communicate with each other and in a lot of cases completely failing to understand each other. and there are bits in the sound design, which you, you mentioned earlier, where it goes completely silent when it's from Connie's point of view. Yeah. It's either silent or, or like the muffled, like she yeah. would maybe hear kind of thing. Yeah. And it's absolutely stunning the way that they've done it. It's, uh, it, it kept my attention. You know, it's, it's one of those ones where you're watching right on the edge of your seat. And it's, yeah, it's, it's genuinely, um, like I said at the start, the best um, horror episode that they've done since the uh, the Whispers first appeared. Yeah, and I think um, for me, I mean, I have a really weird thing with horrors. Like, I don't really, uh, well, definitely not a slasher movie fan. At all. It's just, it's just not me. It, it, yeah. But psychological stuff, like quite, and I don't really watch that much movie wise to like to have a, a vocabulary in this kind of field. Yeah. So, so bear with me on this, but. Uh, like I watched Quiet Place one and two of late. I watched Quiet Place yeah. two at my work in my cinema at work, and I found them fascinating. I really like Quiet Place two. Um, yeah, but this, the psychological aspects is what I really like. I like the yeah. build of potential. I like the the sound design of stuff. I love the thing, but I, I'm not bothered about the the CGI and not the CGI the the make the prosthetic effects that they made and stuff yeah. like that. It's the it's the psychological aspect that I really dig. And um, this one, again, it was kind of like that. And then when it got to, like, the final third, I was a bit less enthused. But the, all the scenes in, like, the doorways and stuff like that, and you're not quite sure where she is, the moments where you've got the pinhole looking through the window was kind of very yeah. X-Files. You know, there's, there's, that kind of thing is what I am drawn to more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but it was quite fun watching zombies versus those feral women. It was that was quite fun, but it's not really something I would be looking for. But the, as I say, the Connie stuff I think worked really, really well. The close-ups, the way that Greg Nicotero is the, the director on this one. So I think he was he was the director, was he the writer? Uh, yeah, he, he directed it. Yeah. So um, and he's he's been renowned from watching Talking Dead. He's been renowned for some of the best episodes, and yeah, yeah, you know, and it, and it, you can tell it's in his wheelhouse that it, you can imagine that the reason why he's been given that one. Yeah. Because he is literally that it's his perfect uh, vehicle, and I, and I would definitely say yes, it's up there um, as as a as a show piece, you know, as as a one yeah. that you go, oh, remember that episode from season eleven A, because it does have that hallmark, and uh, yeah, and I, and I found I found that really fascinating. I, I did some of the as you say, some of the traps are a bit like, even though the effect was good, it was like, what is this house? <laughs> I mean, yeah. who built this up? Where, where's where are these walls coming from? I mean, who would even build stuff like that? Well, H.H. Um, Holmes, but, uh, yeah, he wouldn't then be all feral because he was a very accomplished doctor and serial killer. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Um, yeah, so anything else to say on the horror episode then? Uh, not so much. Um, I've, I think we've pretty much covered everything, really, for for that particular episode. Let's talk about... 
the Commonwealth yes. and there's stuff happening there because you've got Princess, you've got, uh, I can never remember, I always, you come, I can't remember her y- name. Yumiko. Yumiko, yeah. I always get the U and M wrong way around. Um, Yumiko. And um, and I have to say, Ian Anthony Dell's character, who was in Hawaii Five-0, I used to watch Hawaii Five-0, and that's- his accent... Oh my god! So that's that's Yumiko's brother, who she yes. uh, her long lost brother, who when they're getting in there, she finds a they've got a wall with missing people on it, and uh, her pictures on it. That is in the comics. That's Michonne, uh, and it's actually uh, Michonne's daughter right. who is living there, uh, and Michonne is a lawyer in the comics. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Right. So uh, Yumiko has totally got the Michonne part for for this particular sort of uh, story art. But yeah, it's, so you've got um, Eugene, Ezekiel, uh, Yumiko and Princess are all, uh, they're basically sort of going through processing for the first bit, being sort of interrogated and that kind of thing. Mm. I think Princess is one of my favourite characters. Um, I can imagine she would probably yeah. be really annoying to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. and she might be really annoying if you knew her in real life but in the show I I love her she's fantastic and in the comics as well um I was really excited when she turned up and they've got her she's so well cast um she's she's really close to how she looks and how she acts in the comics so uh I re- I really liked the, the the moment where she's like saying well that person's going out with that then person yeah, yeah. and it's like they don't have how can you tell who they are? No, look at them. They can, you can clearly tell that tell they're dating. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that, which I thought was great. So that they, they, while they're in processing, there's uh, that leads to a massive plot hole because uh, they notice that these guys are going off um, to have sex, so they'll be out of their um, armor, and uh, they go and manage to get the armor off them. I don't know how they do that because they're in a fucking cage. Uh, it's like how do they get out of that bit to get doesn't get explained it's just one minute she points this out and then the next minute they're walking down the corridor wearing the armour they don't get anywhere with it so they're they're back in the cage within a couple of minutes later anyway but yeah they they eventually get let into the Commonwealth and they meet uh, Lance who's the, the deputy governor for the Commonwealth and he is another amazing bit of casting because he looks exactly like he does in the comics. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, right. The, the, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you have a look um, at the uh, pictures of him, the actor and the way he was drawn in the comics years ago, it's the same person. Princess, for me, was, was really good. I think, I think her, her um, thing with Ezekiel in the season 10, Stuff worked really well with that COVID, the COVID one. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the kind of the layers that are, that are instilled. So you've got people like psychologically testing them, haven't you? To, to yeah. just to see where they fit in. Like the the two dollar, I think it was a two dollar bill, one dollar bill, or something like that. It's a, that it's money a two, was two dollar bill that um, she's. It was the first money she ever earned. Um, yeah. So she's always kept it, and then they took it off her, and she was a bit annoyed. But then she gets it. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the psychological aspect of it, and obviously a Yumiko, you know, having that kind of um, status projects her into that, into the mode of of the Commonwealth, and eventually getting through. But meanwhile, you've got like the Eugene stuff as well. 
you know, the the fact that that was the whole reason. And that is something that that has connected me. That that was one of the things from previous seasons that I do remember. That the whole CB radio stuff. Yeah. That that's what linked him in the first place. That's the reason why they headed out there. Yes, and um, and, and the reveal of that, uh, and Eugene, and some of the stuff that he he was going through in this ep- in these episodes as well, where you know it was really kind of torn at some points, but in other ways he played it down really well. Um, and I thought the that whole processing aspect and you know the way that the, it was it was delivered was really interesting. Um, and before we get into the second part of that, which was more of the stuff where it became um, you know more of a case of like um, what's the best way of putting it the, when they were getting into trouble, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but the whole processing bit with Eugene and Yumiko, uh, you know, how how do you think that 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 was? portrayed and and giving you like this kind of feel of like you know the the, the interviews it kind of like the um the american idol kind of thing you know it was all kind of you know, <laughs> sitting tables and all that kind of thing wasn't it really so but what did you make to that I, I like the fact that you were thinking american idol and i was thinking like uh guantanamo bay <laughs> well i mean i don't know which, which one's worse i was gonna say i don't know which one's worse um it's yeah they, they were they were really psychologically breaking them down by repeatedly asking them the same questions, and uh, they were being generally very, very strong and and coping well with not giving away, you know, where they were from and uh, you know Alexandria and that kind of thing. Um, they did a lot better than Eugene did in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Mercer was really good as well. The uh, the head of security. Um, how he was he was just sort of standing there and uh, Ezekiel was like, this guy's been standing there the whole time. You're actually in charge. And yeah, uh, yeah. sort of like redirected himself to uh, to Mercer. He's a great character. I think he's, he will end up being one of the, the main characters that it will focus on for the rest yeah. of the series probably. And uh, that's a good thing because uh, he's great. And I think, um, you know, if we move on a little bit from the process and stuff. So Eugene, you know, he's trying he's trying to bring his friends into it effectively, and this is what gets him into trouble. But you have this kind of like the Yumiko stuff where she meets a, where she meets a brother. That's the whole reason why they stayed, because they were going to go, but she walks past that dumpster and she sees the pictures, doesn't she? And that's, that's the yeah, reason yeah. why we stay there. But um, you've got um, these, it's kind of like Eugene doing what he does. And then they end up clearing certain areas because they're expanding. Yeah. Which I thought was, was interesting. But then you've got um, the Ezekiel thing. And I think that's going to be really interesting playing out because he's been, he's almost like been bought in some ways because of now he's, he's had the, he's had the hospital treatment. He, he's, you know, he's feeling better. He's, he's got, he's got cancer, hasn't he? And, and uh, they've started treating him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he, he's going to have a debt to them because he's probably going to need more treatment later on. Yeah. And obviously they're a lot more uh, equipped to help him than anywhere outside. So you've got, that's going to be something that will tie him to the Commonwealth. You've got, uh, obviously, Eugene with his girlfriend, whose name I've completely forgotten, who he was talking to on the... I, I, tried, I tried to avoid it when I was speaking before, because I was like, I don't <laughs> remember the girlfriend's name. Um, um, which is bugging me now, but never mind. Stephanie. Stephanie, that's her. Yeah, uh, he's obviously sort of 
uh, got that connection. And uh, Yumiko, obviously, she's got her, her brother there. So that's that's three major ties that means that they've got a hold over them. Uh, Princess hasn't. They don't appear to have anything on her. That's interesting, yeah. As yet. So, And she's a bit of a loose cannon anyway. Although she does seem quite loyal, so I think if all of her friends are saying that they want to stay, then she may that that might be the uh, the leverage that they need. Yeah, for her. But they've got to in some way. Some of them are going to have to go back to Alexandria to let the rest of them know where they are. So they've got to communicate with them in some way. It may be via radio, but uh, I I think they'll get some information out of them and. Uh, the Commonwealth will check out Alexandria. It will definitely bring a lot more of them into that area later on in the the next bits of series. Yeah. So what what I found interesting as well, it, it's I've seen it. One thing that I think the world needs to stop is algorithms, <laughs> <laughs> because you type in like you know if I type in because I've got a picture of Marilyn Monroe on my wallpaper here because it's just got Hollywood might put wallpaper in my house, right? And for the next three weeks, I'll have, like, you know, the biography of Marilyn Monroe or, you know, the, this DVD available in your Facebook feed or whatever. That What I have popping up all the time is The Walking Dead's most ridiculous character or The Walking Dead's most <laughs> uh, you know, obscene character. And by that we mean a certain gentleman with his girlfriend who uh, Eugene decides to hit. Yes. So that's obviously, it mentions, oh, one of the comic book's main blah, 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 does this and that and the other. So yeah, he was obnoxious. He was they, a brat. He saved, they saved him. They do explain who he is in the series, don't they? The, yeah, I just can't remember who is. I can't remember who is. He's the son of Pamela Milton, uh, who is the governor yes. of um, the Commonwealth. Yeah. There's there's also the brilliant, um, very VHS style uh, like promo video that Lance has got talking about the Commonwealth in one of the episodes, which mm. I thought was hilarious. Um, they've used that almost exact same uh, trope in uh, Fear the Walking Dead, um, right? Okay, in series three of that, uh, Jeremiah Otto has got a uh, video about his ways to survive the apocalypse, and right. Uh, okay, I like stuff like that. <laughs> Um, well, Shits Creek use it as well. Uh, when, right. In in Shits Creek, there's a, there's a late season episode where um, one of the main characters she has to do a, a video to show how much of a tourist spot Shits Creek is. <laughs> um, so they they do that, and uh, I think we have that in the zombie episode of uh, of uh, What If as well. Yes, yes, because uh, yeah, Peter Parker makes one, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he does. So yeah, so it's it is something. I, I mean, I instantly went to the Shits Creek for one purely because I've not long watched that, yeah. and uh, it was the Peter Parker one. That was, uh, actually, thinking about it, it wasn't my favorite episode of What If I'm being honest with you, but um, and that was again linked in with um, uh, the the Walking Dead itself, wasn't it? That episode because it, a lot of the comic books were done by uh, Rob, was it Robert Kirkman? Uh, Robert or Kirkman, yeah, Charlie Adlard, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been both of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. So you've got. Um, you you've got that 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 kind of you know you've upset <laughs> you've upset someone who's quite powerful, 
and Eugene obviously ends up where where he ends up. So, uh, is there anything from that then, from the Commonwealth, that you feel how you feel this is going to move into into the next season, really, or the or the second part? Oh yeah, I I think. Um... Basically, with Eugene, they they've got another bargaining piece there because otherwise yeah. he ain't going to get his freedom. So we know from Eugene in the past that he's uh, he's fairly weak willed. Yeah. So they they're going to get the location of uh, of Alexandria and you know Hilltop and the the other settlements from from Eugene, I reckon. Yeah, and I think that'll be fairly early on in the next. Uh, series block. Anything else on on Commonwealth then that you can that you've in no, in your notes at all? I've, I've pretty much uh, finished my notes now. So uh, have you? Just, oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I finished my notes hours ago. I've only got I've only got <laughs> I've got a couple of Venn diagrams. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of speech bubbles. They, I, I think excited and interested to see where they go with it next, to see how much it sticks to to the comics, and see what they do with all of the other aspects that they either can't do from the comics or are completely new which there are loads of so yeah uh looking forward to february and hopefully we'll be back to talk about it more uh, at the end of the next block i think yeah it'd be interesting to come back to this because i don't think i could have done a, a full you know x cast all the time is now which are the two um you know podcasts that i'm doing all the red dwarf yeah. on like we do I'm not sure I could do that with Walking Dead. I think I'd, I'd struggle a little bit, but to do it in this format for scheduled programming, I think is it's quite nice to be able to talk about. I mean, I said at the top of the hour, I yeah. get to say the Walking Dead because people get really annoyed with me because I do that all the time the, see, whenever the, I mention it. See, the main thing I do is the uh, the walker noises, like yeah, <laughs> right, I, I do okay. that at least once or twice an episode while I'm watching it. They are okay, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, it's definitely season ten and eleven have kind of got to me to the point where I feel like if it's not on the day of release, it will be a couple of days afterwards because yeah. of you know schedules and stuff like that. You know, it, I think it's definitely brought me back to where I need to be. I think the, the couple of seasons before um, Angela Kang took over, that I I was in a mode of like I, I can I can forget Walking Dead. I'm I'm, I'm walking away from it. But I'm not. I'm, I'm quite a completionist, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so yeah. I would have gone to it at some point, but um, it wasn't end up being that. But I am intrigued. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited or yeah, yeah. oh, what's going to happen next kind of thing. Because as I say, I, up until 20 minutes ago, I forgot what the ending was. That 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 particular ending, like like I said, I after the episode uh, had to look up. To see, in fact, no, it was the week after. I was expecting there to right. be another episode the the following Monday, and there wasn't one. I was like, "Oh, was that like, okay?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I was expecting something a little bit bigger for for the block finale. That's all right. We've got more soon. It's fine. <laughs> we have. We've got two two more. Of this. Yeah, as I say, I think I think reviewing it like this for me, walking through the the season as a whole uh, and picking up the bits. I think obviously you're going to miss stuff doing it this way, but at the same time, you know, it, it gives you the general overview. And I, I quite liked 
uh, I've quite liked and enjoyed tonight because it's been able to to talk about it. There's not many people around my social circle that now watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. I know there's maybe a couple from work, but we've never we've talked about it a couple of years back, and we never went back. Yeah, yeah. So I could maybe mention to her, and she'll go, "Oh yeah, I'm still watching it," kind of thing. Or I don't know, but um, other got, things are taken. You've always got the danger in the workplace of spoiling it for other people around you. Like yeah. the, the other day when I was on episode uh, six out of nine of Squid Game. And there were people <sighs> sitting behind me loudly talking about the final episode. I had to turn around and go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, a, that is a thing. I think um, what the biggest problem for me at work at the moment is, is that the people who are walking out of No Time to Die oh, with yeah. the other people walking into No Time to Die. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, don't start. Say, I can't believe that. I was like, oh, my God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it, so I don't know what it is. But then the last—you don't know what it is. No, the last James Bond film that I saw uh, had Timothy Dalton in it. I think. Right. I don't okay. think I've seen any. Yeah, I've not seen any of the Pierce Brosnan ones or uh, the dude that's in it now. Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig. I've seen. I've seen all the Daniel Craig ones. I've seen Moonraker, and that is it. Oh, some of the early ones are great. I just haven't got around to watching them. <laughs> um, no, I, that's I wasn't, a different I wasn't. podcast, though. That's Tony a different will podcast. Probably do at some point. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that uh, I think unless you've got anything else, as you say, I think your notes have been expunged, have they? So they everything's have. gone. Okay. Um, so are you on any other podcasts, then, Colin? I am. Yeah. Well, are, uh, are you on a podcast with me? I am. Yeah, shipwrecked and comatose, which is a Red Dwarf podcast. Uh, with uh, with Kurt and Mark and Matt and Carl. Uh, not usually on the same episode with all of us, but uh, that's the uh, the boys from the shipwreck. Um, yeah. Where we talk about different Red Dwarf episodes and anything Mark Adams can find, even tangent, tangentially. <laughs> what the fuck is that word? Even I don't know, but I was related. before you even said tangential. I actually thought tangential. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even slightly related, such as the fucking AA advert, Mark. What the fuck. <laughs> yeah by the way that's meant to be out on this thursday and we haven't even arranged to record it so <laughs> rock and roll uh that's because you're working too much um but yeah other than that i have uh if you're more into the music side of things i've got two music podcasts uh we dig music where it's me and my colleagues uh colleagues that sounds fucking horrible me and my co-hosts <laughs> uh ian and tracy Going through, uh, we we choose a different year each month and uh, select our ten favourite songs. So we've got thirty all together, and we vote on them and then argue uh, over which one's the uh, the best song. Uh, it's normally mine because I have the best taste in music. And then uh, free with this month's issue, which is a podcast with uh, Ian again, and we have a different guest each month. Uh, Kurt's going to be on one with us soon, and uh, that one we are listening to old. Uh, free CDs from magazines like Q or Kerrang or Enemy or something like that, and finding the various horrors and delights within. Uh, you can find all of them on podcast apps. You're listening to a podcast now, so it's free with this month's issue, Shipwrecked and Comatosed, and We Dig Music. Just search for them. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Mogwai Fear Satan. Yeah, that'll do. That will do. That will do. 
And, um, you know, I keep meaning, every time I talk to you and you mention that, I keep meaning to go in to listen to that song again. <laughs> um, and I, I keep forgetting. I'll have to do that tonight, I think. That's a, well, um, yes. we, we, we'll do it because you're that busy at the moment. We'll do it in January, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely off on Monday. I've got my MLT. So if I don't have my MLT, I can't legally drive to work. Right. So I have to have Monday off. That's the reason. <laughs> That'll free up some time for you. It will. <laughs> Just obviously, the MOT. Let's fail the MOT, and then I can edit all the podcasts I've got yeah. lined up. Um, yeah, so on all the podcasts you can find me on, uh, um, as, as you rightly said, Colin, um, Shipwrecked and Comatose. Uh, I've mentioned the X-Cast, the X underscore cast on Twitter. That's our X-Files podcast. We're currently wrapping up season seven for that. Um, so we're close to the end. And uh, the time is now, which is a Millennium podcast. So as of um, as of recording... In two days' time, the twenty fifth of October, and um, this will this will be out sometime near that date, that date. It's the twenty fifth anniversary of Millennium, the TV show that spun off from the X Files, and um, as part of that, we've got some specials of uh, commentaries and a couple of specials that we've recorded already for that. And you can find that at the Time Is Now pod. You'll also be able to see me and Tony in person, Tony Black in person in Birmingham. In November, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to do an X-Cast and Time Is Now special where we are going to be speaking live to Glenn Morgan uh, about two episodes. One infamous, and it's a horror-based episode called Home. Colin, have you seen Home, the X-File episode Home? Uh, Is that the one that's got the, like, sort of scary feral dudes in it? It has, yes. That's the one that's quite similar to the episode we've just been talking about. Yes, I have. Exactly. not, Not for a long time. Okay. Uh, but it was in... it was banned it was banned in the US when yes. it, when it first got aired. It it was I remember it got showed on I think it got showed on Weird Night on BBC Two or that might have been the one with all the fire in the first or second series. Called right. Fire. Yeah. Any chance? I think so, yeah. <laughs> but I am thinking back sort of like thirty something years ago. So uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so yeah so we are talking about home so i would suggest if anyone did enjoy the walking dead um that episode that to watch the episode x files home you don't really need to know much more about the x files and being honest it's quite separate there is yeah. elements and there's continuing character development and stuff like that and maybe some things that happen in later seasons but generally as an episode it is an interesting one um i was lucky enough to, to meet one of the actresses in that show as well but we are talking about that episode um in uh, our in our live debate with uh, with Glenn Morgan, we're going to talk about that and a Millennium episode. So that's live at the Mac um, Culture and Arts Centre in Birmingham on the sixth of November. So anyone wants to come along? About three miles away from where I am now. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Um, so yeah, so you can find us there. Um, I'm also on Make It So, a Star Trek Picard podcast, and you can find that at Jean Luc Podard. Um, so that's the best place to find it on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on, on this uh, episode. And remember, we are part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Please subscribe to Schedule Programming and give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. Ugh, Apple Podcasts. And any other podcast rating app you've got. Uh, there are other ones available. But, um, but yeah, unfortunately, we're a slave to Apple in this world. Um if you want to help out our network as well, so please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go to their, uh, the website for We Made This, which is our network, and that is found at patreon.com forward slash We Made This. Walking Dead is not all we're discussing on the network, so we'll give you a taste of what, what you might have missed um, in a moment. 
We'll be back soon to schedule more programming. Until then, do not adjust your set. Elsewhere on We Made This. The Movie Palace Podcast. Nowadays, it's easy to look back, isn't it, Carl, with, with hindsight to say that this is probably one of the greatest films ever made. But at the time, it, it was barely even acknowledged by awards bodies. Like, the Oscars didn't even didn't have a, have a peep at it. Yeah, it's interesting about the awards, considering that, like you say, it's a film that's gone on to it's quite regular fixture on lists of greatest films ever made and that kind of thing. Um, and what I've seen, the reviews were pretty positive, though. Free with this month's issue. Rachel, when did you get into Nirvana? I think we discussed this last time. I'm a bit younger than you, so (laughs) I was two when Nevermind came out. But I distinctly remember my mum and my dad. They had a VHS that they taped off MTV, MTV Unplugged. Oh, awesome. I remember watching that. It had Ren and Stimpy on as well. <laughs> and I always really liked him. And I always remember the reason my mum liked it so much is because she was so interested in his cardigan, the green cardigan that he was wearing, which is a very sort of, you know, twee thing to enjoy. But I think he probably would have quite enjoyed that. Right in the child. As a weirdo kid, I always thought it would be cool if the Doctor regenerated into an alien. Because it never said that he had to look like a human. human. Yeah, that's a good point. And there was one regeneration where it went wrong. Well, they always go wrong, don't they? And there was one regeneration of the Master where it went wrong. So he was like this hideous, scarred Uh, thing. That's very old episodes. Because I loved the Sylvester McCoy stuff so much that I bought VHS tapes of previous Doctors. So I have quite a big knowledge of... Deep dive. You know, stuff from way before I was born as well, stuff from the 70s. It's pretty cool. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network. Mm-hmm.